When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello, I'm Tom. And I'm Nick. And this is... Who Got the Assist? Oh, it's a goal. Who Got the Assist? Who Got the Assist? Hello, so the uh, age of the wingback is over and the age of the premium striker is about to begin. With five-star frontmen pressing their case as the likes of Bavis and Alonso, boo-hoo, blank. It's time to discuss Game Week 6, and with me today is Nick, who actually was a little bit late. A podcaster is never late, Tom. Nor is he early. In fact, he arrives exactly when he means to, but you don't want to hear about my alleged tardiness. You're here to hear us talk about FPL. That's what we're going to do. That's right, Nick. We are Who Got The Assist. Find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL, online at whogottheassist.com, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash whogottheassist. Like us, follow us. Uh, in, in this pod, we'll run through this game with key talking points, update you guys on the anti-meta Darksiders team, of course. Look at Neon Watch. It's a bit of a sorry tale this week. Uh, talk about market forces. Obviously, do our psychology section. It's gambler's fallacy this week, Nick, uh, before finally taking our community questions at the end. Excellent, Tom. So how was your game week six? Well, it was my wild card, Nick, and uh, what can I say? <laughs> what can I say? Uh, I think it was below par, and I think I was just inches from glory. Like, Jamie Vardy, missed penalty. If that had gone in, that was you know another five, six points for me. As you you had the similar pain of Alonso taking off in the 58, 59th minute, I think it was as well. Yep. And then, uh, so I, I ended up with 62 points. Um, and I was relying a lot on, on Bellerin uh, getting me something last night and he proved his quality last night he got me 8 points uh, 2 bonus somehow and uh, the, the 62 the tiniest of green arrows I think I went up like 58k places but I mean I'm still in the 2 millions and I'm really disappointed frankly um, I just hope that the fact I was so close to it being good means that in the future it will elicit good stuff for me what about you Nick how did you fair do? enough um yeah, I scored 71 points this week, uh, took a minus four, which was really stupid. Um, so I ended up really only, with only 67 points. <laughs> Sorry about but, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, I spoke about it last week on the pod about um, Jay Rodriguez and wanting to get rid of him. He actually dropped in value down to 5.8. So I thought, oh, Jocelyn's got like amazing stats. So I'm going to do a, yeah. um, a minus four and get him in which was a bit of a risk at the time. And I knew it was a risk and it just kind of fell flat on its face. Oh. Luckily, J-Rod didn't actually score because that would have just been horrendous if yeah, he scored. We were at the National last night, weren't we? He hit the uh, post, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You saw, you, we kept seeing, seeing J-Rod uh, looking dangerous. I mean, it's a shame about Hosselu. Did, did you manage to avoid that 0.1 extra drop on J-Rod? Yeah, yeah, I avoided the drop at least. So that's the, you know, the silver lining. But other than that, I mean, it was actually quite a good game week. Obviously, the Alonso thing hurt as well. But everyone else really pretty much returned. We've got Lowe, Kolasinac, Ramsey, Ali, Salah, Kane, Captain and Lukaku all getting points. So, yeah, you know, I can't complain too much. No. But it's um, it's only a small green. I was hoping for a, a, you know, a big green, a sea of green. But it was one of, it's one of those weeks, isn't it? Where like, it, was, it was seemingly quite high scoring. And there were players, you know, like Murata 
who weren't owned widely, but those people who had who had him, like in our little league, the gaping hole at the back, every, loads of people seem to have Morata. Everyone had Morata, and everyone had David Silva. And I looked up, and I was like, I was expecting to climb up the the board, but I didn't because of everyone seemingly captaining Morata and owning David Silva. It's just like, what the hell? I, I don't really understand that either. It was mad, wasn't it? I mean, let's talk about that Man City game first, shall we, Nick? Uh, but okay. I had uh, Sergio Aguero, um, brought him in on the wild card, captained him. I guess it kind of shows that one does not simply get Sergio Aguero on your wild card and hope that it goes well. Um, he got an assist for the third goal and frankly after you got the kind of the brace from Kane I was so like nervous that I struggled to look at my phone for a little while and uh, you know, thank, thank the Lord for that goal I, I was really really pleased with that goal yeah I mean I didn't have any uh, City players so I was a bit nervous going into this game thinking I was going to get absolutely punished you know like the, the fellowship of City players that everyone <laughs> yeah. seems to own at the moment that I just yeah. didn't have any of them at all so um, I mean like going into the End of the first half, I was feeling, you know, a little bit more confident because um, obviously Mendy he got injured, unfortunately. So all his um, all the managers that own him uh, were yeah gutted by Mendy blanking and the likes. So it was like the likes of Silver and Sterling were the ones actually delivering the points. And I was also yeah. like, oh, it doesn't matter. No one owns these guys because oh, they yeah. never. You must, they exactly, never you must have been play. relieved seeing those goals going in and Aguero having no involvement in that. Exactly, and um, but eventually the goal and assist came for Kuhn and you know Silver delivered um, his couple of assists. Yeah. And the likes of Otamendi owners all got their clean yeah. sheet points as well. I, mean, so. I, mean, I was close to. Uh, thanks very much, by the way, to Alex Ball for helping me on the wild card on, on DM on Twitter and putting up with a lot of my. What about this? What about this? Is and I said to him uh, early in the mo- early on kind of Saturday morning. All right, I'm looking at Mendy, looking at bringing in. Well, we're not going to we're not going to call, not gonna call um, Jesus. Uh, his name anymore because we've got so many confusions about how to pronounce it so we're going to call him Jay-Z from now on just just to avoid all confusion but I, I was thinking Jay-Z and Mendy instead of Aguero and Bavis in the in early on Saturday morning yeah didn't do it badly and I, I was actually really happy about that I mean Jay-Z was dropped for the short term well yeah because he played midweek he played I yeah. think 90 minutes in the league cup and Kun was rested, so everyone was saying, you know, get Kun in, don't bring in Jay Z because he might not actually play. And, you know, we know what Pep's like. Pep didn't play him. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that was probably a good thing. I that. Jay-Z not, uh, not showing up meant that Kun was the man in the middle and he was the man taking part at getting a lot of the chances. It seems like he was unlucky to not score more. Either way, I don't think I could be too unhappy with the 22 points uh, I, I got from him. I mean, the other thing I think about that game, you spoke about it already, is David Silva. There seems to be, have been a David Silva party and neither of us have been invited. Well, yeah. I mean, he's now on six assists. I mean, last year he only managed four goals and nine assists all season. We kind of viewed him as a player who was on the decline. We all knew he was playing quite deep. He wasn't part of the, the front attacking three. He's still part of the centre of the midfield. And KDB looked like the man to own in that central midfield because he was the one who was typically getting further forward. Yeah. Last season, at least. But this season, it looks like Silver's getting into positions, more attacking positions than KDB at the moment. Yeah, he's just basically doing the job. We all thought pre, like pre-season, uh, De Bruyne would do. Um, this is one of those... It's, it's, it's an epic kind of troll, I think. Yeah, I think he's been a bit of a cave troll with KDB, hasn't he? Definitely. Um, so, I mean... The other thing with that game is obviously Crystal Palace, Benteke out injured. I've been trying to think who have they got. They've got well, Connor Wickham, they've got Lapuda. Yeah, Con- Connor Wickham's injured as He's well. He's injured as well. They've got La- Zaha's <laughs> injured. Yeah, Lapuda's the man, supposedly the 4.5 man that playing, might be. Playing from Margate in. last year, have been brought in. Like, is he going to leave alone? You've got Bakary Sacco, you've got your man. I, I don't know, yeah, probably Sacco might start. Yeah, apparently like, Ricky Lambert's available still at 35 oh, really? years old. Wow. <laughs> he could be the man who comes in. Oh, oh, you've got to worry for Palace. Palace you, really? are in, in dire straits. You've got to be targeting um, them, I think. So with Manchester. United playing them next it looks like yeah it's going to be dangerous times for um, Manchester United for Palace <laughs> for, for Palace but yeah, yeah for, for you more because oh, you don't have yeah, Lukaku yeah. yeah exactly I mean we can talk about that Southampton game shall we quickly I mean Kaku um, with, with the deciding goal there um, it just looks like as well that 
Southampton aren't scoring at home. I guess none of us really have any Southampton assets going forward now. I mean, Gabbiadini's obviously hopefully been jettisoned from many a team. Yeah. <laughs> I've got rid of Jack Stevens, who's not playing any longer anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's just. I think um, some people still have Cedric lurking about. He's at 5.0. Yeah. So, you know, he's probably the best defender to own in the team now yeah. because of the value he presents. And, we, you know, Southampton can get clean sheets here and there but obviously Manchester United is a very tricky fixture going forward there's no one really that you'd want to own though but their fixtures are actually quite impressive their next five they've got Stoke away then they've got Newcastle at home West Brom at home Brighton away and then Burnley at home so if you have a Southampton defender definitely hang on to them especially if it's Bertrand or Cedric because you're probably going to see more clean sheets coming your way and, and possibly an attacking return maybe one or two if you're yeah. lucky from the fullbacks <laughs> yeah maybe Nothing, nothing's arisen yet but you never yeah, know who knows and it could be you know Charlie Austin comes in and starts kind of showing them how it's done again uh, it could be giving us a new option up front I mean we are we are struggling in that kind of cheap uh, third striker option as you found out of Hossolu so maybe that would be the case I mean United Kaku six goals in six games um, again just the one goal um, and it's looking like my Costa theory I mean I, I kind of said last week that I'm not be- I haven't got Kaku on my wild card and I'm hoping for United slowdown I think that one goal um, against Southampton hopefully that's going to be what we keep seeing so me not having him is not going to hurt me too much but as you said I'm really worried about the Palace fixture I think after the Palace fixture you'll be okay for a while because they've got Liverpool Huddersfield who are actually doing quite well, Tottenham and Chelsea as their next four after the Crystal Palace fixture. So when I wildcard in um, game week eight, I'm actually thinking about getting rid of Lukaku myself. Oh but my. I'm captaining him this week for the plum fixture against Crystal Palace because I can see at least a brace coming. You know, Manchester City hammered them 5-0. They just look absolutely gutted as a team. Even with um, <laughs> yeah. even with Roy at the helm, you know, he's yeah. trying to provide a little bit more defensive solidity and and they've got the likes of Sacco as well. He's a good quality player. Okay, yeah, hopefully. But I, I think uh, this is the defender Sacco, not the striker. No, yeah, Sacco. the defender <laughs> Sacco. Like, Hang on, yeah. you're, getting, you're getting a bit too excited. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but yeah, no, that's cool. Um, I, I think that, yeah, I mean, I'm, we'll talk, talk about it later, but I'm thinking of maybe captaining Mickey this game week and hoping he does it. Because I think that the Palace just looks so terrible. Yeah, it's good good coverage. But um, mm. neither of us have Phil Jones. He's, he's the man of the oh, moment absolutely. right now. I 5.2. Oh, very good value very got nine points this week as well exactly I mean, we overlooked him for the attacking uh, for, the, for the attacking fullbacks well I certainly did and I'm just still wondering now whether that was the right decision or not um, I didn't get Pereira in the end who I was thinking of getting in the 3.9 United goalkeeper just in case there was a triple up needed eventually if United keep doing well I mean, anyway, you captained uh, Harry Kane in the early fixture. I did against uh, against West Ham London rivals and uh, again he delivered in the London derby yeah, he did, and it was like the first time my captain delivered all season, really, <laughs> so I was, I was very pleased. Um, so it was, it was a good match, it was, it was quite a nervy finish, actually, as a as Tottenham fan, being 3-2 up, and with Aurea sent off, I was yeah. just like counting down the minutes, hoping, hoping that uh, they could hang on to the win. But uh, Ali also got a double assist, so it was, it was just a great start to my FPL yeah. weekend, you know, within the first 45 minutes. I had um, two goals for my captain and two assists. But, um, you know, like compared to last week where I kind of had the quadruple spurs with the captain and um, they all roundly blanked this time everyone delivered apart from, apart from Babies who got the one point unfortunately yeah that was disappointing I had him as well I mean um, I mean, Ali obviously I got rid of him on the wild card so I was expecting something from him I saw a really cool stat actually with um, about Ali, Kane and Ericsson last season Ericsson and Ali provided nine assists for Kane uh, which is the highest assist rate for a teammate and Ericsson provided seven for Ali as like a kind of interlink between the two of them too so I'm, I'm kind of thinking I, I regret regretted not being able to fit Ali in. I went for Mickey instead to go alongside Kane, as I said on the pod, I think. Um, but Ali, I think, is one who is being overlooked for Ericsson. I think he will be one. Uh, we both rate him highly, don't we, as a really good young player. We both, we, yeah, we both rate him highly, but he's actually been failing the eye test a little bit for me in, in the last couple of games I have watched for Spurs. Mm. So um, he's, he doesn't seem like he's in the same kind of form that he had last year. He was quite lucky to get to the two assists. One of them wasn't really an assist. It was essentially a block shot. Oh, okay. Kane pounced on. 
Um, so I have to see with Ali. I'm thinking about actually taking him out on the wild card, but obviously with Huddersfield away next, he's he's got one more, one more, one chance, more go in my yeah, team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, West Ham side, um, Chikorito. Obviously, we said last week uh, to get rid of him. So obviously, he scored. Chikorito. All forty of his goals in the Premier League have come from inside the box, which just shows he's got a fox in the box credentials. But the biggest thing there really is Antonio, whose uh, injury I think is really going to impede their their prospects. He's he is the man I think from last season especially who makes things happen at West Ham you've got to worry for them even even with Swansea up next yeah you've got to worry for them the defence doesn't look very good either but they do have a if, you, if you've got someone like Chikorito they do have like Swansea at home Burnley away Brighton home Crystal Palace away that's a that's a very good run of fixtures yeah but I just West Ham are just such a sort of unreliable team oh, there's, there's a few others lurking about and Naltovic he's, he's not someone really thinking about yeah, exactly. you've got, <laughs> it's a bit you've, too you've, expensive you're, I think. Uh, you're kind of Andre Ayew characters you've got your kind of uh, Koyoate your Obiang like the oh, kind of players who one person in your mini league who never really looks at FPL might have but really I think West Ham are one of those teams that you can happily just avoid all season just because of how defensively like poor they can be one team who isn't defensively poor is Burnley Um, and that 0-0 with Huddersfield Nick is only notable for for one thing which was a penalty uh, shout which kind of translates into a terrible game of football, I think. You had a... Didn't you have low in this one? I did, yeah. I got my six points from this low. <laughs> that was a very random transfer that I made the other yeah. game week. But, uh, yeah, he started this week and uh, he delivered the points for me, which was brilliant. You must have been quite happy with, uh, with that yeah, kind yeah, of... Yeah, I took that. I was happy with that. I think um, both Burnley and Huddersfield have um, proved themselves defensively so far this season. I think the likes of Ben Mee's quite a, a good shout for yeah. a, you know a defensive player. Only four point five. He looks he? like he was could have actually fall. Um, so if he drops down to four point four, then you know that it could would be, be a really uh, good shout. Yeah. Well, what, what do you think? Bargain. But what do you think about Huddersfield's defensive solidity? Are well, you worried? Do you think they'll be able to shut Spurs out? Yeah, I, I do worry about um, Huddersfield. Um, in their next match, and I'm, I'm possibly thinking about transferring out low. Um, I've got a f- I've got a few ideas, a few options written up on the on the boards, but <laughs> yeah. haven't uh, you know? We can assess them a little bit later, perhaps. Yeah, maybe, the, um, maybe. I mean, like, it's one of those which just like well, nil nil. The biggest the biggest issue is a penalty shout. Terrible game of football, probably. Uh, moving on to Everton, Bournemouth, two uh, one to Everton, but no one scored the two goals for Everton, did they? No, it was a ghost. It was a ghost. It was a ghost. It was a ghost. Ga- goals. Gareth McCauley scored both. I'm guessing. Um, so Umar Nias saved Kuman's Nias, and um, yeah, five point zero. Um, he's got to be someone that you're looking at as a punt. Yeah. So Nias is someone else that I've actually been talking a little bit about because I have been weighing up the option to bring him in. And um, one of the interesting things about him that I discovered is, um, well, he's, he's not in the Europa League squad, yeah. so he's not going to be playing for them on Thursday. So this means that he is potentially fresh and ready for the weekend. But yeah. he did come on as a substitute. And, you know, Coman really doesn't like this guy, does he? Like, <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he's basically like... I mean, why do you pay £13.5 million pounds for somebody? Like, that was Martinez, obviously. Mm-hmm. But never play them. <laughs> and then you, this year, you've got, you know, the guy just, he didn't even have a club suit, did he? No, <laughs> no, he's, he's been kind of, yeah, treated very poorly. Uh, but somehow, he's first time in the, in the team. And, uh, yeah, yeah. he basically came was like, you know, leave now and never come back. <laughs> yeah. And then, he, and, but he did, he stuck around, hasn't Des- he? Desperation, that's what it is. I mean, Everton have been showing that, you know, without Kaku there as the focal point, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin seems a bit young. Um, you've got Sanjo Ramirez, who's still learning the ropes as well. And then you've got Wayne Rooney, who's he just busy dro- doing nefarious activities. Exactly, and dropping deep and all these kinds of things on the dropping pitch. Dropping deep, oh God. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it, I guess the, there is a call for Nias to play as a senior striker. It's a bit like with Crystal Palace. If there was that kind of character hanging around, I mean, he was actually going to go there, I think, actually. But if there was that kind of guy hanging around, then maybe he'd be one who's on yeah, the radar. Yeah, I saw Everton are still desperately looking for a striker. They're yeah. talking about, you know, £40 million pound offers for Olivia Giroud. And, and they've been linked with Cavani as well. as asked if they're ever going to get Cavani. The phrase was in the gossip column, they've had a meeting about Edison Cavani. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I've had a meeting about we, winning. We the want lo- him. Yeah, I've had a meeting about winning the lottery. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's, it's absolutely crazy stuff. Uh, Bournemouth. I mean, Josh King is off the off the mark. Um, 
I think Bournemouth's next few fixtures, I mean, they're okay. They've got Leicester at home, Spurs away, Stoke away, Chelsea at home and Newcastle away. I mean, you're not really looking at Bournemouth, are you, Nick? Well, I was thinking I could bring in Charlie Daniels as a as a cheeky punts for the next game as well. Yeah. So Charlie Daniels is another option for me um, as a low transfer. I've got 0.4 in the bank, so I can do low to Daniels. And bang, that's my team sorted before I wildcard for the international break. So yeah. that's another option. Either Logos or I or um, Hoslu goes. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, you know, the other option is play Tom Carroll and it's not one I'm fancying right now. So, uh. yeah, no, I wouldn't worry about that. Um, I mean, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? But at the same time, you, you've got that space for a punt and... You might as well use it, to be honest. It's like, take a deep breath before the plunge of the, into the wild card. I mean, moving on to, uh, to, to Stoke and Chelsea. As Piliqueta, he's doing the job that we hoped Alonso would do. Two assists, 14 points, whereas Alonso comes off the yellow card at 58 minutes. I, mean, I, I assumed happily that Alonso had got on the clean sheet until I saw her on our group chat but he'd been taken off on 58 minutes and I was pretty incandescent at that point obviously something else happened later on which we'll touch on in a minute but I was pretty incandescent at that point um, you must have been pretty annoyed too oh yeah I was pissed off you know like Aspilicueta scoring 14 points and Alonso blanking just oh, it's, it's just so frustrating that whole game was just so annoying with Morata getting 17 points as well. Your man Pedro scored oh, as yeah, well. Oh, yeah, that was inevitable. And so you got rid of Pedro, he scored. You got rid of Ali, he got two assists. And um, Ricardison as yeah, well. Ricardison scored. I oh, know, it was really depressing. Um, I, th- I think it was like I'd done all these like punty moves and it was like... <laughs> that was like I was one week too early with them all I haven't even looked frankly at what my pre-wildcard team would have gotten but I'm sure it would have been a depressing amount definitely um, so as Stoke I mean there's Kevin Wimmer who people were saying perhaps could rotate with, with a Burnley option pretty well but they're, they're just not looking very no, good no there's got... no point getting a Stoke player at the moment I think that the defence was actually decimated in that game because they couldn't play a Kurt Suma. Shaw Cross was injured, Cameron was injured, yeah. they didn't have uh, many players to really call upon, so I can't understand why they got hammered, and it's interesting about Morata, because the previous game week, he um, in the nil-nil against Arsenal, he got bullied by Mustafi, quite, yeah, <laughs> you know, pocket, like, didn't he? and you know, when he's playing like a weakened Stoke defence, he can score a hat-trick, so he kind of looks a bit like a, like a flat-track bully in that regards so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on with the Manchester City defence because I don't think he'll be able to handle the likes of Otamendi in the same way yeah Otamendi or uh, I don't know if company will be back but maybe John Stones will be able to keep keep him out who knows Um, but I think maybe I mean we've seen we'll we'll come on to market forces in a minute but we've seen a lot of people have been obviously buying Morata and we said at the start of the season didn't we that 10.0 initial pricing was really good because people could jump on very quickly from a more expensive signing. Or you said that there's always strikers who are now all coming to the fore. Uh, it, it becomes very difficult to decide who the best three are. And all of our questions, we'll come on to that later, um, are all on those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Swansea Watford, uh, the news today is that Chalo Bar is, uh, is out for ages. So that's my 4.5 in the wild card uh, who's, uh, who's now injured until the new year. Oh, that's that, terrible. That's, uh, that's, that's a bad news, isn't it? That is a, that that's is that's a... awful news. So what are you going to do about him? I d- he's I just, just going to sit know. there like, depleting in value. I'll be getting rid of him next I'm, week. But he might become my Ake. I remember last season lots of people had Ake when he moved back to Chelsea and then he kind of rotted on lots of people's benches and went right down to 3.7. It was the same with Etienne Capu actually last year because a lot of people brought him in and then he started um, you know obviously he started amazing last season but then he started you know not scoring and just getting two points oh. week in week out and he he dropped about 0.8 or something yeah, in value yeah mad wasn't it I mean, but, um, with, with uh, Chaloba I, I feel like the way is shut to some extent because I've done my wild card already like I've got to either have two free transfers and have nothing else to do exactly are, are you going to bring Tom Carroll in on the minus four probably not I mean, I've got two 4.5s so I think what I might do if Eventually, it's pivot back to three four three. The problem is, is that I've only got you know, five point eight or something to spend on the midfielder if I take out, say, Bavis for a four point five, and then uh, get rid of Chaloba for somebody else. Well, I mean, yeah, you could look at options like Trupo Mooting, who's quite cheap. Yeah, you've got Gross kind of as well. Fund about a million odds for these guys. Gross yeah. is another one. So you could potentially, yeah, pivot back and uh, 
downgrade one of your premium wing backs like a better end perhaps I don't know yeah maybe I mean that, that Swansea Watford game I mean I had at least it's not naught and uh, in for that one but I think the, the key there was obviously Richarlison scoring the late winner I think it was always going to happen uh, it was just particularly galling that again of course I held him for uh, three or four I don't weeks. think you got anything from him at all did, did nothing, you did nothing uh, and uh, of course he scores as soon as I get rid well what can you do Nick what can you do it's just bad luck that's what I keep telling myself and tell myself as I as I cramped off sleep at night well, I think yeah <laughs> you seem a bit depressed in all in all about this, uh, this game week but I think you did all right, to be honest. Like uh, I think with Tom Carroll, he's, he's like one of those 4.5 midfielders that's been lurking on my bench. But he, I think he's going to deliver at some point. He's he's had 12 crosses so far, four successful. I think there are going to be points coming his way. So, well, you know, he might be an option for me to start next week. The other guy who um, who scored in that game was uh, Tammy Abraham. Yeah, he's risen, risen already, 5.6 now. Has he risen already? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've missed the price rise, but that doesn't matter too much I'm thinking possibly because I've got enough to do Hosselu to Abraham yeah. so that's a possible option he didn't start but he managed to still secure the free bonus points and was on the losing team as well yeah. incredible I mean uh, Norton who I've got the 4.5 that I'm playing week in week out well 4.6 I'm playing week in week out now he's at least still firing the crosses in I mean you've got another 5 this game uh, no one got on the end of them <laughs> so I, th- I think we just they just need Bonnie fit and firing I think as it is basically the end of the day I mean you mentioned that I was depressed about this game week to some extent the depression comes in that Saturday evening game uh, Leicester-Liverpool Leicester, 3-2 I was very happy Salah scored Vardy yeah. scored yeah, I saw Ratface goal I was like yes and Sarah was like what oh no it's, it's, it's nothing it's just Vardy and then scored. you saw the penalty and then I saw a penalty out. I was on the way home right I was on the tube and I, I saw a penalty and we were just about to go underground and I was like yeah, come on Vardy and I was on the, and I was just kind of I went from station to station I, I came back over ground and I was expecting it to be 3-3 free free. and I, I refreshed it it didn't go to 3-3 free free. looked at it Vardy had missed and like I went into you know that you know that moment I think you had it with Lukaku penalty miss a couple of weeks ago yeah when you just go into a silent sullen inconsolable rage like I just went into that and I was just like I just can't believe it I'm just so unlucky and the Sarah's just sitting there rolling her eyes just like what are you seriously Tom what's going on with you what are you doing and I was like oh, I'm just so unlucky I just you just don't understand and of course that got me in the doghouse for the rest of Saturday night excellent um, but um, I mean that was just so unlucky uh, I mean Vardy's obviously hit and hope strategy just smashing it at the keeper has been finally read um, I mean I was but the three points I mean it's better than two but at the same time it could have been so much better I warned you about Vardy to a certain extent but well, I can see that coming he's still he's still rising in value actually yeah. he's, um, well that's because of Firmino yeah who, because obviously Firmino Firmino he, Firmino. he, he blanked <laughs> he blanked again so that's three blanks in a row for Firmino I think we should just call um, him Bobby yeah just, for, just Bob, for Bobby to, Bobster Big Bob um, yeah so he, again another blank that's three in a row as you said um, just doesn't seem to be doing it about Mane around does he no, and the fixtures are stiffening as well for Liverpool now. With they've got Newcastle away, then Manchester United, then Spurs. So that's three tricky fixtures, really. Yeah, I mean we're both keeping hold of Salah. Are you going to oh, yeah. on your wild card? Um, yeah, I mean, you... I'm not sure. I have to think about it because I'm actually weighing up um, the power front three. Oh really? I'm a big we'll fan get, of the we'll power on, front three. We'll get onto that later so, yeah. on. That's interesting, Nick. I, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that you to some extent because I thought you'd be more of a balanced man. But we've seen this year that you like to put your you put your money. In one particular area of the field, uh, as, 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 so I, I can imagine you getting on that on the bandwagon there to some extent. I mean, uh, one man who's not going to be in your mid- in your striking uh, front three then is uh, Israeli superstar Tom Mohamed, who got the winner for for Brighton uh, on Sunday, and uh, obviously that was to my disappointment because obviously I was sitting there hoping for Elliot and hoping for Richie, who I brought in my wild card to save my game week, and again nothing really happened. I mean, luckily, uh, Gross assisted the assister. Uh, yeah, to not I, I also had two um, Newcastle players in that game. Oh, you had Hossley, didn't and, you? Yeah, and Elliot. So, you yeah, know, it wasn't it was a great a game. Tra- it was a bit, bit of a horrendous um, viewing experience, all in all. It was a big miss for Hosselu. Yeah, um, uh, you, uh, you you went off the grid a little bit after that, and uh, over I was, a couple, yeah, a couple of a came couple... out of it, and I was like, oh, I wasn't interested. But it's interesting with um, Tom Hemmett. 
I think after that goal, 20,000 managers had already drafted him in, but he's, he's been banned. Yeah, <laughs> so well, he's not they're, really they're appealing, aren't they? Are they? Yeah, players. I mean, he's he basically stamped on um, yeah. I, I mean, it's not quite stamp. a Tyrone Mings stamp on it. Yeah, it's more of a tread. Well, I mean, that's it's more of a tread. It's more like Shelby's one, though. Shelby's on Ali wasn't really that bad, all in all. It was kind it was of a little just, tread, and yeah, you know, that one got a, caught. Yeah, it wasn't like a Tyrone Brings, I will break him stamping the ball. More of a kind of uh, incidental, just a bit, a bit, a, a light tap with the studs, rather just let him know he's there, as we say on FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, are you looking at? Are you going to look at Newcastle after your wild card? I mean, have you got Elliot? Maybe keep hold of him. I'll probably keep hold of Elliot. Yeah, because he's only four point series, very cheap. I'm also probably going to get him Mbemba as my yeah um, Mbemba. Fifth, I've got I've got him as well. Who's doing uh, step overs so this week? He's a, he's a lad. <laughs> yeah. So I've got um, Long at the moment. I can't remember his first name. It's not Shane. Might be Kevin. Yeah. But um, he's he's about to drop in value. Is that your four point zero? Yeah, he's my four point zero. So I don't want him to. I'm hoping he doesn't fall to three point nine before the weekend. Before the weekend, and then I can replace him for Mbemba. That could be your glamorous free transfer before your <laughs> before your World Cup. No, no, I don't think so. I'm definitely going to get rid of either Low or Hosselu. Oh my! And then finally, last night when we were at the National, we were keeping up with keeping up with as much as we could. Uh, Arsenal, West Brom. I, I, I was expecting to be honest. I mean, I went into that game with Jess Bellerin you had Ramsey and Kolasinac and we were both saying before this is like the sort of game where you know you've got kind of the West Brom defence saying you shall not pass to Arsenal like, keeping them out exactly I think um, one of your friends Mark Marley he's got double West Brom defence yeah and exactly he, he always lucks out so we were expecting like a, you know a clean sheet perhaps he's got Dawson sort of thing you know, it's going to be a Dawson goal or a Gatsy goal yeah, from exactly, a corner yeah. in the 15th minute and after that Arsenal were just going to be frustrated Yeah, but, but it didn't happen we got an assist from Ramsey as well you got eight points on Bellerin yeah I mean it was quite a nervy game by all accounts um, but I mean Lacazette um, first First goal, just poacher's instinct nodded it in. Uh, second goal was a penalty. I mean, Lacazette was looking okay, I thought, um, but he doesn't seem to need the penalties though. I mean, we did the prospects and the prospects pre-season, didn't we, Nick? And uh, he'd never scored over 20 goals in the season without penalties. Um, needs to be on them and um, it really heightens his appeal at 10, 10.4 is it something like that now he's dropped mm-hmm. um, so he could be one who's reasserting his claim as well with Morata yeah and it also <laughs> reduces the appeal of Alexis Sanchez who yeah. uh, even though he got five points I mean he's, he's starting to, yeah, he's, to play more he's starting season, to, uh, yeah. to appear on our radars but not really I just I just can't afford Sanchez he's just far too expensive and if he's not on penalties there's just no value in him at the moment. Exactly. I mean, we could see him. We could see him kind of resurge. But the thing is, there are so many kind of players popping at the moment, especially those power five up front: Kane, Kaku, Murata, Lacazette, and Kun. Where's the room for Sanchez? Well, I don't see the argument for Sanchez. Exactly, because you've got Salah, Eriksen, Mkhitaryan, Ali, all these midfielders that are also and, delivering and, points. Yeah, and, and, and if he starts, if he does start to bang, then maybe there is something there, and maybe he'll be a really valuable differential. The problem is with him, which is might be why people are not going to get him in, is that you've got to rip up your team to get someone that expensive into your side. In the midfield, especially where at the moment we've got a dearth of funds because we're prioritising our attacks and our defences to some extent, it's going to be very difficult for people to do that without a minus four or a minus eight unless you've got a wild card. Yeah, I've seen a few teams with Sanchez and they only seem to have one premium striker and then maybe someone like Defoe or something or Chikorito supporting and I just don't think that's enough money he's um, spent in your attack yeah exactly I mean well we'll have to just see in the future but for now I think Sanchez although he is seems to be on direct free kicks he was the same last year but off penalties that that's worrying and I think he's just one we're going to have to keep an eye on but probably not bring him for now alright Nick shall we uh, take a break and then move on to the features okay who got the assist who got the assist so we're back, and uh, it's time to talk about the Darksiders, the anti-meta team, and how they did this week. And um, it was like the first week, in, I think, all season, that we actually did better than the anti-meta yeah, players. Yeah, it's turning around. It's turning around. <laughs> it is turning around. I mean, uh, they um, captain Jesus, but Jay-Z. Jay-Z, but yeah, he got zero. So their vice-captain was Vardy. Could have been good for the anti-metas, but no, Vardy only got three points, so it's just six points for Vardy. You know, they had Gab- they've still got Gabby Adini lurking about. Yeah. Um, he only got one point. Like, so Vijnaldum and Sigurdsson haven't proved themselves as differentials yeah, yet. Yeah, Shitty's screwed, isn't he? So, um, they only got two points. Um, but they also they got points from Monreal with seven. Valencia got five. 
Edison got six, Maguire got five, and and the saving grace was Sane. Yeah, he got star 16 player. points. Their star player. You know, they had Matty Ryan on the bench as well. He got nine, but um, we went for Edison. But they had blanks from Matip and Alan Nyom. Very sadly, only got zero points as well. So he, he fell yeah. alongside the anti-meta team, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I mean, uh, well, let's, let's move on to hashtag Nyomwatch. Uh, so Alan was spotted playing football this weekend. He played for 74 minutes. He had 35 touches. He made 14 passes, of which 10 were successful. Additionally, he made two crosses. One was successful. He was mentioned in dispatches dustly. Neom shoulder barges over Ramsey, giving a penalty to the Gunners. He came off in the 74th minute. This, ladies and gentlemen, was hashtag Neomwatch. Well, it was a bit of a sad Neomwatch this week, wasn't it? But yeah, at least he was. played. because yeah, we, right, we, were right. worried, we were worried that he wasn't going to start. We were worried he's been dropped. But no, Pulis loves the Neom he was in, played him again. He so. was in right wing back. And, you know, now is the hour that Alan Yom must step up surely a right wing back and get those attacking returns like that glorious assist he got the other week uh, we've got to hope for the best and hope that our man Alan keeps going we sent him a message again showing our love and support for him and how unlucky he was hopefully he will follow us back one day <laughs> no, or, no not even follow us back just allow us to follow him yeah I know oh, accept I just, our follow I don't know I don't know it was, it was very depressing wasn't it um uh, let's move on to the market forces. So uh, we've we've been published on the uh, good old fans football scout uh, as we are every week. And uh, Nick, you wrote you wrote the majority of it this week. What can you tell us? What's happened? Well, um, the bulk of the article is talking about the power front free. So obviously, all the top guys up front scored this week. We got Lukaku scoring. We got Cambrace, Morata with a hat trick, Lacazette as well. Another yeah. option. He got a brace. And on the back of this, we're seeing the likes of um, Jesus, Firmino and Rooney, you know, being sold whilst everyone's getting in yeah. Morata. So Morata's the most um, highly bought player this game week with over 200,000 transfers in. But, I mean, he's got Manchester City Ahead next. City. So That's I think crazy, it, isn't I it? think it's a bit early still for Morata and I am thinking about bringing him in for my wild card. But I just don't think you should be getting in Morata this game week. But I understand why some people might be trying to catch the rises. I looked at it and um, there's a possibility that you could do a... Because we saw KDB's getting a lot of sales for silver actually this game week. Yeah. And you can make a move where you can do KDB to silver and Firmino to Morata. But I think there was only a very short window on that move because yeah. Morata, you know, two of those players are rising, two of those players are falling. Yeah. So the window might even have been passed um, by the time this goes live. But yeah, exactly. I can understand why a few people are making those moves. But it does look like, you know... Cheaper players like Firmino and, and uh, Rooney are being sold for more premium assets, which seems to suggest a move to a, a power front three. As I yeah, the, the board is set and the pieces are moving towards that kind of scenario. I mean, da- down in the we're seeing kind of wing backs kind of losing some sense of uh, some sense of pro- pro- prominence in, in lieu of this rise of the power front three, aren't we, Nick? Yeah, we are. And, um, I mean, this is most evident in Alonso, who's who's experienced a bit of a fire sale. So he's already had 81,000 sales this game week. We have um, 25,000 of those managers actually doing the straight swap um, to Aspel Equator, who's the, who's the cheaper defender um, out there. So yeah, I think I that can... kind of... Um, it's a bit of a strange one again with Manchester City up next. Why you would want to do Alonso to Aspel Equator this week? People see, I think, see the points, don't they? And just think, you know what, this guy scored 14 points. It's a variability heuristic. We spoke about that already. But when you, people just see that 14 points think, yeah, this guy's on form. I'm getting him in. But we, we said that, we said in the, in the piece, didn't we, that, to be honest, if Alonso had played two more minutes, we wouldn't be seeing these sales, I don't think. No, definitely not. I think if he played those two extra minutes, he wouldn't... I think we'd probably... 90% of those sales wouldn't have happened. Yeah, generally, so we, honestly, think that. We'd see that no one tosses Alonso. Exactly, but uh, but yeah, we saw Phil Jones as well. He's bringing in a lot of um, new managers are buying him yeah. and Otto Mendy as well. Like, Mendy, yeah, just a strange one. I, I understand. I understand why people would bring in Phil Jones ahead of the Crystal Palace home fixture, but really Otto Mendy, like it's just strange to see all these Chelsea and Manchester City. It's, I don't think people look at the fixtures. I think sometimes they just view the scores, view the points for the game week, and think. 
get these guys in. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's, it's kind of the idea of form, isn't it? Like, oh, these guys, these guys look on form. It kind of makes sense with the strikers, but I'm not sure about defenders, whether defenders and keepers can really be on form to the extent that we need them to score FPL points. It's, it's tough. You can say that a defence as a unit is on form, but I'm still not sure about that, like Otamendi bringing him in. That's mad. Like... Ahead of Chelsea, who's, who are scoring, they've just they've just scored four goals. Exactly, and Otamendi won't be providing too many attacking returns. But with his um, with his teammate <laughs> with his teammate Mendy injured, I can see why he might be you know a, a cheaper yeah. nailed he, option within the defence. Yeah, the new Mendy, Ot- the Otter Mendy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, any, anything else? Anything yeah. else has been going on? Um, well, I mean, we talked a bit about Manchester City. Phil, Phil, sold, yeah. We haven't talked about Phil Coutinho on the pod yet. He, he's turned up to the party, hasn't he? And yeah. we're seeing we're seeing quite a few um, managers invest in him. Over seventy eight thousand transfers in already this game week, and he's had a price rise back up to eight point nine because he dropped eight point eight. He was one of our falling stars, who I talked about a little bit on the last pod because he, he was starting to look. Um, more attacking, he's getting his, his form back, and he's yeah, he's settled back into the Liverpool squad, taking his pot shots as we saw, and uh, you know one of uh, it was a free kick, wasn't it? That, that went in. Yeah, it first, was a really first, great free kick for yeah. the thirteen points. I mean, the issue is, I think, with with Mane coming back, that he may well end up. I mean, we saw at the end of last season that he was playing um, a little bit deeper in the kind of the, the Kevin De Bruyne kind of role. Kind of dictating the tempo, and but he, he was getting he was he was getting very forward last yeah, he was, season he was as well. But um, the interesting thing actually about this last game um, for Phil Coutinho because he was essentially playing in Mane's position on the wing. But when Mane comes back, I can see Coutinho dropping deeper again. So well, that's, well, that's what I was saying. You know, it's like happen. it might happen. Yeah, it? so he might be. You know, it might not be every week that we see these sort of returns. But he is a he is a great great player. He. He's yeah, probably yeah. the best player in the Liverpool squad, to be fair. But so. I, expect, I expect he'll be on his way out before long, anyway. Back to Barcelona, it's how, it, it might be like kind of a Suarez situation where they give it's like one more year. Right? We're not going to lose face, but he's going to go. I mean, as we said earlier, the three the three upcoming fixtures for Liverpool, Newcastle away, uh, maybe arguably if you're going to wild card over the international break, you might bring him in. But Man United at home, Tottenham away. I mean, those are two fixtures after the international break and game weeks eight and nine. That I don't think we'd be looking at Coutinho and hoping for returns. Exactly, I still think uh, Mohamed Salah is probably the best option to own at the moment in the Liverpool squad. Well, Manny is back, but he's um, quite expensive. Yeah, I mean, Bobby's just not 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 the guy that we, we were hoping for. I suppose to that to that extent. No, I suppose let's uh, move on to psychology corner. And this week, I'm going to talk about gambler's fallacy because I think it kind of is relevant. So, Nick, imagine flipping a coin. It comes up tails three times. What do you think is going to happen next? I think there's a fifty percent chance it becomes head or tails. <laughs> Good answer. I was hoping that you'd be, uh, that you'd say it was heads, but uh, this is more of a behavioural science thing. Uh, but gambler's fallacy is basically the idea that if something isn't happening more than a perceived norm, it will eventually even out, and this works the other way as well. So if something happening more than a perceived norm, it will stop happening. Um, people see streaks of events being as being non-random when in fact they are to some extent and it's born out of the latent assumption that gambling which is what FPL is isn't an inherently fair process which it probably isn't uh, things don't really tend to even themselves out so I mean, the idea that most gamblers kind of think oh I'm, I'm going to get that money back eventually I'm going to break even this comes from the belief in the law of small numbers and the ins- insensitivity to sample size and something called a clustering illusion uh, which is where what you see as we saw with the availability heuristic informs what you think is going to happen think about a lot of the bandwagons going on some people think oh I'm not going to get on him uh, you know, it, it's bound to stop or regress to the mean um, think about kind of you know Etienne Capou last year. That was kind of one of those where he was scoring lots of goals against the norm that actually he doesn't score very much. A lot of people didn't do it, and they missed out on a few points in the first four weeks. A lot of this comes down to the idea of thinking: Is FPL random? Well, if if it wasn't random to some extent, then we'd be absolutely killing it because we're looking at the numbers and trying to make decisions, Nick, based on based on what uh, what we think might happen. I mean, is there a right? Is there a right and wrong um, about about this? So does it does it matter that we fall into this kind of trap? Well, I think it's definitely one to keep an eye on and ensure that we don't think there's a causal link between stuff happening. And as with the Capu example, there's there's a, the stats really help. 
Um, so the stats were that he was taking one shot a game and it was going in. That was ultimately unsustainable. But if you have something like Diego Costa, who wasn't getting yellow cards and was scoring goals last season, no one brought him in because people were thinking, oh, he's, he's going to get a yellow card. But he didn't get the yellow card because he'd sourced out his behaviour and wasn't making as many fouls and poor, poor, poor tackles. I think it's very important to look at the objective stats and try to understand what's going on from as many sources as possible. Or perhaps listen to people like us who are trying to keep it objective but ultimately probably fall to the same issues that you guys do. Um, but anyway, uh, Gambler's Fallacy, interesting one, especially one to keep in mind with uh, bandwagons. Yeah, no, very interesting. And it's quite interesting in regards to Lukaku last game week. I saw a lot of people were selling Lukaku for Aguero, and, and I saw some interesting logic applied to this, like saying, oh, Lukaku's scored in every game week so far this season, so he's, he's unlikely to score this week. And I was that like, that's, that's, that's just rubbish, you know. Like, how, how can you imply that? It's like, so because he's been scoring, it's likely that he's not going to score. Yeah, that's, that's, Gam- like... that's Gamba's fallacy encapsulated in one example. It's perfect because at the end of the day, if you looked at the stats, Kaku was getting the, he's getting the chances. I mean, mm-hmm. the shot accuracy, changeable, but he's getting the chances, getting the service. I, I, yeah, I, I saw a few of those as well, and I just res- was resisting the urge to write a big, heavy lol on those. Anyway, that's Psychology Corner, and I think we're going to move on now to community questions after this break. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So it's time for the community section, and the uh, top of the uh, Who Got the Assist mini league is once again 11 Angry Men, Adrian Bentley. And he, uh, he only got 55 points actually this game week, so he's hanging on to his lead by a thread. We've got the Red Army, Tony Yu, just behind him, who got 83 points. So, uh, you know, Tony's catching up on Adrian. But, um, you know, Tony did really well, so we're going to have a quick look at his team, see who's the starring players. He's got Kane. He's got Lukaku, David Silva, of course. Yeah, he's er- co- Ericsson, covered Man City well without, without having Kun. Yeah, without Kuhn, but he's got Firmino, so maybe he's going to be um, selling Bobby. Yeah, maybe he will be, but yeah, that's that's a really good, a really good uh, output again. Uh, but do you reckon this guy's uh, gonna win it? Who knows? But it's looking like he's a uh, second week in a row. Yep, well, there's two towers at the top of the league anyway at the moment. <laughs> exactly, and I uh, just want to give a quick shout-out to Caleb Markey, who uh, sent us a message on Sunday night saying he was doing really well, but more importantly, he was fifth in our league. So, hi, Caleb, and his question is very similar he's, to... He's gone down to seventh. Gone down actually. to seventh. Oh, sorry, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> his question uh, for this week is very similar to quite a lot of guys' questions. So, um, Caleb asked... Uh, what about this first medium front line? Give me a good reason. It's all around the uh, the big front three. Caleb asked that on Twitter. Insignia Yellow on Reddit. Hoodoo Dudemeister asked that also on Reddit. Um, some guy called Marco Arlotti. Do we know him? No, no. I don't know. Who's Marco Arlotti? No him. idea. Uh, he asked that as well. Um, and, uh, well, big front three, Nick. What do you reckon? Well, are you going to do it? You're on the wild card? Yeah, so I'm not <laughs> well, on the wild be. card yet. But, so I, I'm, I'm not necessarily you know, nailed down to this. But yeah, I think I'm going to go for a power front three. So after the Crystal Palace game, because of Manchester United's trickier fixtures, Lukaku's not going to be within the team. But I'm going to go for Aguero, Harry yeah. Kane and Morata as my front oh, line. My yeah, I think Very expensive. I think that's probably where I'd go in the end as well for those three. I mean, the big thing with Kaku is the ownership, of course. But I think we're both of the opinion, perhaps... That there will be, you know, we're not saying, we've just talked about gambler's fallacy. We're not saying he's going to stop scoring because I think that probably isn't going to be the case. I think he will do the Costa, but I don't think he's A, as explosive, and B, um, has the sort of fixtures that are going to support him in the short term compared to Kane, who we, we know what he can do. Um, Kun, we know what he can do, and the fixtures in well, yeah, I'm, I'm playing, I am playing the fixtures a little bit here because, you know, I can't sell Harry Kane when he's got. Bournemouth at home that game week and I'm probably going to be getting rid of Ali to, to fund this to help fund this Yeah. so I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to get rid of Harry Kane with Bournemouth at home I want to get in Morata they've got Crystal Palace that week then they've got Watford then they've got Bournemouth so I'm probably going to be doubling up with Chelsea and I want Aguero as well because I haven't had Manchester City coverage apart from KDB all season. And they've got Stoke at home, Burnley at home, West Brom away. So I, I feel like I need all three of these players in my team. So I'm going to do my best to get them all in, see if there's anyone that I can cover in midfield. It might Salah might have to unfortunately go as well because they've got Man United and Spurs. And it's, it's sad to get rid of Mo because he served me very yeah. well so far. 
You know, he's provided his bow. You know, Ali Ali's provided the axe. But I think both of them might have to might have to be gone for my team might to, to, to afford this front three. Oh, that's a shame, isn't it? I mean, that's uh, so. I guess I guess the the big front three is something we're both going to be embracing. Um, I don't know if we're missing anything with regard to doing that. Are we? Are we foregoing? I mean, we've it's said about Sanchez gamble, already. Yeah, Sanchez. You know, Hazards. He's obviously a great player that hasn't emerged yet. Uh, and then in defence, I guess I might have to downgrade some defenders as well. But hopefully not. Hopefully I can ha- hang on to Alonso and Ben Davies because I want to get these guys in my team, keep these these guys in my team as well. But we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, link. I kind of linked to that kind of defence that you just started talking about. Uh, Varun asked on uh, on Twitter earlier on. Hey lads, how you doing? I'd love you if you could discuss which six million defender is the best of Klasenac and Bellerin. We both own obviously one of those or Monreal. Um, I mean, Monreal, I'm not excited by. I mean, yeah, he gets bonus. I had him at the end of last season. He got a fair few bonus. He doesn't do anything going forward. He got bonus this week, didn't he? He got, got well. one last this week, yeah. Um, I think it's between Bellerin and Klasenac. I mean, you like Klasenac because of the goals and I like And Klasenac. the assists as well. And I like Bellerin because of the assists too. And to be honest, I brought him in on my wildcard because it was 0.1 cheap. And also, I think is going to be completely nailed in that right wing back position. Klasenac can play in the centre, but I think there's there's not very much between the two of them. It looked like well, well, personally for me, Hector Bellerin was horrendous in my team last season. He was absolutely rubbish. Um, he, he wants to leave the club. He's another one of those Arsenal players that wants to kind of go off to Barcelona. Yeah. And uh, he was pushing for a move over the summer. I don't know what's going on with his hair. He's just not great. I just, I just don't rate him anymore. He was very good a couple of seasons back. But last season, he was just a burden in my team. And I, I can't go back to Bellerin. I like Kolasinac. He's new to the Premier League. He started off well. He's been getting assists. You know, he's... he's Forming got a goal in the charity shield as well, didn't he? So yeah, and scored in charity. Scored Charm unity. Yeah, exactly. Um, we linked to this kind of area. We've got Herman who uh, on Twitter who was obviously burnt by Mendy this weekend. He asked us who the best replacement is for Mendy. Uh, I'm guessing a few managers might be in this boat with uh, Jones, Bavis, and Kohler um, sitting in his defence already. Walker, I think yeah, Walker yeah, be a, good, a straight good swap direction. to Walker could be could be on the cards here. I know we're. Not we're not normally fans of a straight swap, are we? But I mean that that could be one that we could do. I mean the the fixtures for City are still pretty decent. Yeah, I know they've got Chelsea next, which is a tricky one. But then after that, it's, like we said, Stoke Burnley, West Brom. So exactly, I mean those are fixtures that you'd expect to see something from from them, really, don't you? Um, so maybe it would be maybe it would be Walker, or maybe if you you haven't got um, Herman the front free that we've been talking about uh, maybe it's a 4.5 who comes in so you can afford that power front three yeah or either that or a Chelsea defender as well you know Aspil Equator perhaps is another option yeah maybe if you don't want to you know pay the, the full money for Alonso yeah, exactly but we've got a wee bud and uh, Ian Wilson uh, wee bud on Facebook and Ian on Twitter asking us kind of uh, should we be basically considering Coutinho away from Salah and uh, Bobby who neither of whom seem to have done well, Salah's done well. Bobby not particularly well. Should is Coutinho now in 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 the uh, in the red roulette, Nick? Oh, well, he's definitely in the red roulette. And you know, any any owners of Coutinho finally cashed in this week, didn't they? But yeah. you know, but Firmino's been blanking multiple times. Mane, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but Mane is now back in the picture, and I think this might mean that Coutinho ends up playing slightly deeper. Yeah. So you've got Mane and you've got Salah, and I, I don't I don't know. I think. Would you be doing it's, it's, it? It's a game. If you're if you're chasing points, it might be worth a risk. I don't think it's worth it. I mean, it is chasing points, as you say, and it's a bit of a negative inference of chasing points, where you know it's, you're just going to have a burden there. And I don't think it's worth. I, I don't know. I'm not sure it's worth it. I think if you've got a Salah or something like that, keep hold of them. But at the moment, I think Liverpool are a don't buy, don't sell kind of consideration. What do you reckon? Is that right? Yeah, hold your Liverpool players for now. I but think. Don't, don't bring apart any from maybe Firmino if you're if you're trying to, Firmino if you're trying to upgrade. Yeah. Um, the next question is from uh, Liam uh, McGregor from uh, from the Facebook Guff Group. Hi guys, and he asks: uh, Does refusing to have a player from certain other clubs suggest latent mental health issues or a weakness of character? Well, we've got the example of Ben Crabtree, haven't we? Who, who won FPL last season despite not owning a Liverpool player all season. So yeah. it can be done. 
Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's basically it. I mean, it can be done, but you've got to have a massive dollop of luck. I think, yeah, if, if, if you're going to go without Spurs players all season because you're like a rampant Arsenal fan or, you know... If you're a Manchester United fan who refuses to own Manchester City players, then you're just you're just basically sabotaging your own team, essentially. Yeah, it's just like you know, good luck, basically. <laughs> Best of luck to you, but I probably not advise that. I probably advise to have your tribal, your football loyalty on one side and your FPL loyalty on the other. Um, Mark Mully has decided to do something and sent us a question. He's uh, said, uh, "Is Nias worth a punt?" Well, perhaps you know. Like, I'm thinking about Nias and. I just, I just too concerned. I don't think I can go ahead with it. I was really thinking about it, but I'm just, I just don't think he's necessarily going to start. He's probably going to definitely get some minutes in this next game. But is he nailed on for a position in that Everton team? Is he going to displace Rooney? Probably not. Yeah, I think that's the worry, isn't it? There. Next kind of questions are Graham Smith and Mystic Mac on Reddit ask with a lot of premium attacking options available uh, what are the best cheaper midfield options in the 4.5 to 6 range I mean you've got Pascal Gross you've got Chupo Moting you've got uh, my troll Ricarlison you've got uh, my man Matt Ritchie you've got Atsu you've got a whole re- revolving cast of characters definitely you've got Ruben Loftus-Cheek as well 4.5 he was actually looking quite dangerous in that um, Crystal Palace uh, City game yeah. um, this weekend so he's still an option I think he will deliver some points at some point there's Tommy Carroll 4.5 yeah. now uh, Chadaba's um, out you know moving up you've got Solly March at 5 oh yeah Solly March you've got all of these kinds of guys Knockout's still not delivered though has he yeah. he's quite cheap yeah you've, there's no promise these guys can make that we can trust and uh, I think we've just seen that every time someone does well one week, the next week they do absolutely nothing. Um, so I think it's one of those cases where you just kind of keep hold of the guy that you've got, whoever it might be, and just hope that eventually they do something. When you've got, uh, if you've got Gross, I think that's probably quite decent. You've got Richie, you've got to hope for a set piece to go through. I mean, I saw Shelby was unfortunately taking a lot of his, his, set, his yeah. set pieces, which is a bit annoying. So the next question is from Scott Beck, and it's Does Jay Z start against Chelsea on Saturday? Uh, well, we'll have to see what happens in the Champions League. Second guessing Pep is probably one of the most difficult things I think that we can do. The fact was, I mean, we so had to the lineup is that Jesus starts, and Aguero starts, and Sane starts. So Jesus starting, is he? Yeah, against. Okay, the so I think that that oh, it, it, it's such a worry. I mean, you you had a lot of people were saying on Twitter, Man City fans were saying, oh, Jesus the favorite, the favored player. He's always going to start no matter what. And then Pep sprung a surprise and benched him. So, so with Sterling on the bench, does that mean he's going to be nailed on this weekend? That's the question. Oh, are you thinking just, about that now? Just, <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> no. not with a Chelsea game for sure. But it's just it's just too tricky, and I feel sorry for the um, for the Jay Z owners. Without um, one of your premium strikers this week, it wasn't wasn't the week for one of your premiums to not be playing. No, definitely not. Uh, what's next, Nick? So we've got FPL wing back here. Hiya. Um, so he's asked us with most people opting for Foster. Fabianski and Elliot, etc. Is it worth considering De Gea or Courtois as a cheap way into defence of top teams? Well, I mean, we like the 4.0 keeper, the cheap keepers, don't we? I mean, yeah, probably over the course of the season, it's best to have the 5.5. But the thing is, is that if you look at keepers in isolation, yes, have a 5.5. But if you look at keepers in the context of your whole team, then that 1.5 extra you've played for a goalkeeper means you can't get Morata, you can't get Lacazette, you can't get Kane, you can't get Kurt, or whatever. Like you won't be able to afford some players because you've got all that money invested in the keeper. What do you think? Exactly, I'd agree with you. So De Gea or Courtois are cheap ways into the defence of the top teams, but you're not going to be getting too many save points either because these teams don't get too many shots against them. I mean, De Gea did really well this week. and, and I, I think That's a one-off, though. I yeah, think. it was I mean, a one-off. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, we've got a couple, uh, a few more questions. So uh, Tom asked on Twitter, uh, is Nyon playing left wing back a sign that God exists? Well, <laughs> well, not after that horrendous game, to be honest, where he... F this up. Yes, he did. He did. I mean, now is now could be the hour that uh, Nyom steps forward and, and absolutely absolutely smashes it. Can he prove his quality? I don't know. I, I don't know, Tom. Uh, <laughs> next question is uh, from Tack, who asks. Uh, he was wondering whether imposter syndrome <laughs> applies to people who are good at FPL who are endure- enduring a poor showing so far. So, 
what's going on with people like with people who did well last year like myself and quite a few other people that we know through twitter what's happening there nick i think it's i i think to be honest it is definitely a case that there was a set template at the beginning of the season there were a few guys that everyone owned like harry kane who hasn't really until this game week perhaps who hasn't really delivered the points Mm. meanwhile there's a few other little cheeky differentials like alvaro morata who who have got brilliant returns and there's a few others just lurking about that no one really thought about. I think every everyone seemed to own KDB at the beginning of the season as well, and yeah. he, he really didn't deliver. And then those set sort of sensible managers, those watching the price rises, saw he was falling, got rid of him, and then that's of course when he started delivering. So I think there's it, it's been a bit of unluckiness in general. Yeah, I, th- I think that's basically what's happened. So you've got like a big kind of grouping of the more engaged managers who are still kind of wounded by the fact that their template team hasn't worked out. And you've got the sorts of guys who aren't that engaged, who had that crazy kind of setup, as you saw the anti-meta team as well, doing really well. And we have to hope that it evens out eventually. You have to remember as well that this season there's over five million managers in FPL. I think last season it just broke the four million. So there's over a million new managers playing. So every it's going to be much harder now to kind of maintain those sort of like. Even you know, sort of like two hundred, three hundred k ranks. A lot of us all. I'm do, I'm doing all right, I think. You know, reasonable, but I'm still not in the top a million in the world. No, so no, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, I think in terms of you, know, if you're more of a like like us, the sort of manager who really puts a lot of time into it, FPL, as we know, doesn't really, especially at this stage of the season, uh, reward that time put in. But I mean, a day will come when the courage of FPL managers fails. But I don't think it's this day. Uh, this day, we're going to fight and we're going to keep fighting towards the end of the season. You've got 32 game weeks left, guys. I mean, don't get despondent. Don't delete your team. You'll do okay. <laughs> and I think linked to that is a question from uh, Goops this week, Neil Gupta, who asks, having reflected on your relatively average starts, thanks, mate, <laughs> this year, what lessons have you and Nick learned about uh, what we're going to do next year? That's a tough one. I can I can answer. I, straight I don't away, know. I don't know. If I have uh, any lessons? Have you seen that? Uh, we see both of them looking at that app, that uh, even that uh, website today, which calculates what would have happened if you'd left your team. Yeah, and I'd I'd have done a lot better if I'd not done anything. So you're just going to do nothing then? I, I think what I might do uh, the lesson of the anti meta team as well is basically try not to overthink it. Don't buy into the template too much. Make some crazy punts at the start of the season. Just play like a casual, basically. I mean, if if he if one guy's doing well. Try it. Bring him in. You might you might do okay. Uh, it, it's really tough. I don't really know what lessons I've learned apart from just don't be hasty, Master Mariadoc. Just don't be hasty. It, it, I, I don't know. Uh, what have you uh, have you learned anything, Nick? No, <laughs> no. I've mean, just learned nothing. You you do you do it all again. Exactly. I'll do you, it. You again. go there and back again. Oh my. All right. And then finally, Nick. This is one for you. Um, Alex. Uh, Ball and um, Lacker asks as well. And uh, that Marco dude also came back and asked, um, for those wild carding, what are the uh, what, what's a good punt now? And then I think we'll talk about your perhaps your wild card team or your initial ideas on that in a minute. But what punt are you going to do? You've, you've mentioned it a few times. You've got it written up on the whiteboard in front of us. What you what you might be doing? Uh, what's a good punt? Do you reckon on this last game week before wild card? So I mean, it depends who you're selling and what position you're you're selling. If you're looking for a cheap striker, I think there's a few names like Abraham will be an interesting punt this game week I think you know West Ham aren't very strong defensively and they you know, they play quite openly so I wouldn't be surprised with the likes of Abraham yeah. nicking a goal Arsenal have a plum fixture against Brighton at home so you know if you can afford someone like Lacazette you fancy a, a cheeky punt there he'd be a brilliant player to bring in for just the one game week or even like an Everton player as well. Everton have Burnley at home. So Siggy could, or some so Calvin you know, Lewin. We talked about Siggy, we talked about Calvin The, Lewin, the lesser son of greater size, basically. Yeah. Finally get a clean sheet. <laughs> Who knows? No, never know. Who yeah. knows? Uh, and so your wild card then, Nick. What's, uh, what's, what's on your mind? What are you thinking at the moment? You're, go, you're definitely going for it. I think so. I don't even feel like I'm going to be making too many changes. As that's a sad fact of it. I think I just. I think it's just time to wild card, catch the price rises. I like the fact that you get two weeks over the international break, which gives you plenty of time for tinkering, plenty of time for watching the market, making any moves. If you know, because you know how it is in the international break. Half your players come back injured. Half of them come back late because they're in South America. So I'm just going to focus my team around bringing in. 
players from Manchester City and Chelsea and make sure I'm covered. So what's interesting there is you just said about South America. I mean, you've got Manchester City with Stoke and, and, Bur- and Burnley, but you've got Kun Aguero, who you said you're probably going to bring in. And I've, I've got to keep hold of him, coming back from South America. But you've also got Gabriel Jesus coming back from South America. So yeah, I guess so. I so mean, it's not like they're going to have all these players sitting around. I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility, though, that Pep plays, I don't know, Sterling in the false number nine. Well, maybe, but it depends, because I think I saw last time around, they were all, all the Manchester City players were like... Um, I think they had a private plane that oh, took yeah, them all back. Otamendi was there. Bobby and Coutinho and, um, as well, yeah. and Luke Edison was there as well, smiling away, yeah. posing for the cameras. Are you worried about the, the international press? I guess you aren't going to have the wild card right until the very last minute and right into the press of aren't you? So Exactly. So if there's any sign that Aguero's not going to start, and with these sort of things you can sometimes tell, then I have to make a change. I'll bring him back in Lukaku. But I think... Yeah. I think Aguero I've got to have Manchester City coverage you know I could potentially bring in David Silva as well because he's, he is quite cheap he's a you know decent midfield yeah. option at his price point so I, I'm, if I'm getting rid of the likes of Salah and Ali to afford a power front three then I might get someone like Mkhitaryan or, or Silva in as a yeah, midfield maybe. cover as well if maybe I'm... Mkhitaryan because I won't have Lukaku so still covering Manchester United Fair enough. should we talk about the teams and who yeah, the well, wag pick is well, I'm, well? Do, I'm doing I'm not doing any changes to my team I'm going to probably field the same team I'm going to be deciding between Harry Kane away at Huddersfield or a Mkhitaryan punt uh, at home to Palace until Saturday morning I think um, it could well be that I go in with Mkhitaryan. Uh Is that mad? It's worth it. I think it's worth a punt at this stage. You're, you're chasing a little bit, aren't you? I am. Um, I just worry about. It. I just think well, maybe I should just you know, just put it on Kane and hope for the best. Really. Okay. So this game week, I'm, I'm definitely going to be making a transfer because I've got one free transfer to use before my wild card, and I've got um, Low and Hosselu lurking around in my team. So there are a couple of options. It's. Um, so I've got 0.4 in the bank, so I could do low to Higazzi, maybe. West Bromwich, Albion, double up. Higazzi, are you serious? Just, just for one week, just, just for just, just, just for lows. Yeah, just double up on the Egyptians. I could uh, <laughs> I could get Daniels in as well, and that's another option. He's only 4.9. He's, I've never owned Daniels ever in, in the history of FPL. He's one of those players that I always see that everyone seems to own whenever he rocks up with a 15-pointer. Um, so that's there's two options in defence that I'm thinking about, or it's a, a forward um, swap because I'm I'm worried about Hosselu starting just because he was dire, and then um, Dwight Gale came on and you know, injected N- a bit N- of pace. Nias in captain. So, Nias, no, definitely not captain. <laughs> that'd be crazy. Nias, Abraham, DCL, I don't know. Or play Tom Carroll. There's a, there's a few options yeah, I'm going to have to yeah. think about over the next few days. I just feel it's but boring to do a defensive free transfer, isn't it? So maybe maybe I'd, I'd be doing yes just for one week to see how it goes. Right, okay, so the wag pick. Um, this week is kind of chump change. We've got Lacazette probably for Ars- uh, Arsenal Brighton. Probably got Coutinho for Liverpool maybe. What do you reckon? Yeah, can do. Um, how about someone like Ericsson? For Spurs? Um, and Ericsson for Spurs, those three. So Ericsson, Coutinho and Lacazette, I think, will be the wag pits. Last week, uh, Sarah chose Mkhitaryan because his first name, Henrik, reminded her of a bridge character. Um, unfortunately, that didn't work out. But hopefully this week, Mkhitaryan will work. Hopefully this week, your uh, Nias pump will, will work out, Nick. Well, we'll have to see. I don't <laughs> think I'm going to be panting on Nias. Um, so there was obviously a theme last week. It was how I met your mother, and was it was it Padfall oh, that man, got it? Our man Padfall got it. Yeah, he did. And uh, I think the, the final thing to say is, of course, remember to uh, remember to join our league if you haven't already. Uh, that's one five three eight one seven four zero three. We are who got the assist. Um, find us at WGTA underscore FPL on Twitter, Facebook.com forward slash Who Got the Assist or just our website whogotthisist.com yeah and if you like the pod make sure to tell your friends about it because we'd love to have more followers and also um, if you enjoy it and you haven't subscribed already uh, make sure you subscribe thanks very much everybody we hope this assists you and we'll speak to you um, probably a bit later on next week oh it's a goal who got the assist who got the assist sports social podcast network